Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. I want to talk about Wendy Wasserstein. Do you know that name? She was a remarkable playwright. Died far too young. She said, don't live down to expectations. Go out there and do something remarkable. I think each and every one of us wants to do something remarkable. We may not need the whole world to notice it. But we need to notice it. Because each of us has within us the gift and the talent to do something remarkable. It's part of the purposeful, driven life. It's part of the way we evaluate our purpose, our goal, our accomplishment. It is that which gives us satisfaction when we use all of ourselves to make a difference. When we can make a change whether we're the only one who notices or others do. When we can make a contribution only we can make. And that indeed is what Stephen Covey means when he says, be patient with yourself. Self-growth is tender. It's holy ground. There's no greater investment. Invest in yourself is what Wasserstein really did. She, if, if you've lived long enough or you know theater, you know the Heidi Chronicles. And if you don't, you ought to find out about it. Wendy Wasserstein wrote that in 1989. She won the Pulitzer Prize for writing in and was the first woman playwright to win a Tony Award, if you can believe that. During her career, by the way, which spanned four decades, she wrote 11 plays, winning a Tony, a Pulitzer, a New York Times Critics Circle Award, a Drama Desk Award, and now a Critics Circle Award. Born in 1950, she was an American playwright who explored topics ranging from feminism to family to ethnicity, to pop culture. I remember one of her plays, The Sisters Rosenzweig, which was a little bit autobiographical, dealing with her own sisters and dealing with a family grappling with its Judaism, different approaches to it, and with its views of feminism as well. Her family lived in Brooklyn till she was 12 and moved to Manhattan She graduated from Mount Holyoke with a degree in history in 71 and then studied creative writing at City College. She later earned a master's degree in fine arts from the Yale School of Drama. That's where she studied playwriting. And her first play, Any Woman Can't, appeared as a small off-Broadway production in 73. But it established Wasserstein as an important and popular playwright, especially when it 
turned into Uncommon Women and Others, featuring Glenn Close and Swoozy Kurtz. Meryl Streep later appeared in a televised PBS version of the play. But it was the Heidi Chronicles produced on Broadway, a production I saw um, that received the Tony and the Pulitzer. And even though she wrote primarily for theater, she also wrote for television and film. And she had a group of books, I remember, one back in 2001 called Chicks, a Goddess, or How I Spent My 40s. But she wrote a, a series of books, and later her latest play, Third, was staged um, at Lincoln Center. And the interesting thing is she never got married. She was always in some way involved with the way her mother saw her and her mother's story. But she did go on to have her own child. She was obsessed with having that child, which she had late in her 40s, Lucy Jane, for whom I think she would say she left this legacy of theater. This is her 18th yard site, her 18th anniversary of her death. And it is a, a worthy time to think about life. 18 in Judaism is spelled by the letters Chet and Yud, which spell Chai, which means life. So often the number 18, if you hear Jews talk about it, or if you and your own family know about it, you know that they're using that number 18 as a, a symbolic of how we reemphasize life. That's why when someone turns 18 or 36 and so forth, so powerful within the Jewish tradition, but particularly for the whole world, the concept that we take certain moments even over time, even the anniversary of someone's death to to reconnect and to see how they invested in themselves. How they, as, as Emerson put it, the only person you're destined to become is the person you decide to be. What did this person decide to be? Well, Wendy Wasserstein, she decided to be a creative person, a playwright, she was the youngest of four children. Her mother was an amateur dancer, grew up in Poland, and moved to the United States. Her father, Wendy's grandfather, was suspected of being a spy. Wasserstein's own father was a textile manufacturer, and when she was 11, the family moved to the Upper East Side of Manhattan. It was the Yale School of Drama, as I say, in which she enrolled that Wasserstein found her place as a playwright. She was the lone woman among a dozen men studying playwriting, which include classmate and friend Christopher Durang. It was, as she put it, a kind of bizarre macho class. Durang says, there were an awful lot of would-be Sam Shepherds in that class, and Wendy felt a little left out. At the first reading of her play on common women and others, a male classmate complained, I just can't get into this. 
The film, the play was later filmed as part of PBS's Theater in America series. And after she got her MFA at Yale, Wasserstein returned to New York where she lived the rest of her life. And during the next several years, she had plays produced in various off-Broadway theaters. But it was her eighth play, as I say, The Heidi Chronicles, produced by Playwrights Horizons. In 89, within weeks of moving to Broadway, the play had won the Pulitzer and the Tony. She wrote, I didn't show anyone in my family the play. The, the problem with writing plays is that everyone has an opinion, Wasserstein said. You don't want those opinions. You want people to say, I love you no matter what. Look, I'm a 42-year-old woman. What would my mother say? Oh, it's nice, Wendy, and I noticed the mother is dead. I really didn't want any of them to see it until the opening, but my sister Sandy kept saying she wanted to come, so finally I said, you can come, but you can't call me tomorrow and make any comments, because if you call me and don't say anything, I'll know you think it's bad. So, no comment, either way. She saw it and sent me flowers the next day. They came with a note that said, no commitment. I realized that either the florist had made this Freudian slip or he was the florist to some Upper West Side bachelor who regularly sends out no-commitment flowers. That was uh, from the Paris Review interview with Lori Weiner, and I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, you create something, it's your baby, and you don't want people to have an opinion right away, but you want them to like it, but you don't want anyone to weigh in. Ever feel like that? Ever do something, create something, accomplish something, make something, and go, now I just want it to be mine for a little bit longer. I don't want anyone to weigh in because it's going to impact me. Because when you invest yourself into something, it's very fragile. And then eventually you have to let it go. I found that with books. I found that with screenplays. I found that with poetry. And then... You give it away if you wish to, and you let others interact with it. She she said some very interesting things as I think of her on her 18th, your side, her 18th anniversary of her passing. Being so close to my brother was fun, she said, and looking back at what it was like to grow up in her home. We went exploring a lot. My sister Sandy got married when I was six. She was 19. My Aunt Kiki fell through the floor at her wedding. She was dancing and fell through, which I thought was fabulous. Sandy eventually got divorced and went to live in England for eight years. She came back, and one day my mother had her pick me up from the June Taylor School of Dance. So there I was, a yeshiva girl, going to dance school on Saturdays. My mother had me lying to the rabbi about that. I think I'm going straight to hell. She had a great sense of humor about herself, about her Jewish upbringing, sent sent to yeshiva, and then eventually being exposed to all these other things outside of that, and trying to juxtapose how to live with that. If you've been raised with certain traditions or customs or rules or regulations, you can relate suddenly you come in, in touch with the world and you try to put it all together and wonder what's right for you. 
Miss Wasserstein's classmate, as I mentioned, the playwright Christopher Durang, um, used to use this introductory icebreaker that she later used in the Heidi Chronicles, which is you meet someone and you say, ah, you look so bored. You must be very bright. That is so funny and so uh, powerful in the way she had been raised and the way women had been treated. You look so bored at something that is just, you know, a nothing party you're just wasting your time at. You must be very bright. Wasserstein said, every year I resolve to be a little less the me I know and leave a little room for the me I could be. Every year I could make a note not to feel left behind by my friends and family who have managed to change far more than I. Yeah, have you noticed that? Have you noticed oftentimes it's your friends and family who seem to be changing more than you? Or do you ever catch yourself the other way around? She said, no matter how successful I become as a playwright, my mother would be thrilled to hear me tell her that I just lost 20 pounds, gotten married, and become a lawyer. Expectations. She wonders if her mother really quite ever got everything that she did. Didn't follow the expectations of her mom, but loved her desperately. Most importantly, I think, is what Wendy Wasserstein said about the world we live in. Our lives are not totally random, she said. We make commitments. We cause things to happen. And that, to me, is the gift of Wendy Wasserstein. She made things happen. She wrote her plays. She wanted to give birth, and by God, she did. It put her through an awful lot, as many women know, and many men as well, who love them. She went through a lot. She brought this daughter into the world, and later that daughter would be raised by her brother, and later the rest of the family. Because Wasserstein died in 2006. Having gone through 56 years and having given the world a new way of looking, a new way perhaps of seeing women, a new way of expressing dreams, holding to one's own and yet investing in oneself, knowing that there is a gift only we can give. I think more than anything, Wasserstein would have agreed with Paolo Coelho, who says, be a good person, but don't waste your time trying to prove it. Wendy didn't try to, didn't waste her time trying to prove it. She just went out and did it. Even at times when people don't see it. She said once, I really worked at becoming more assertive. Now none of my friends talk to me. There may be times where none of our friends talk to us, where even our family doesn't talk to us. 
As long as we're talking to ourselves, as long as we're seeking to unearth the voice that only we have, perhaps we each have our own chronicles to write. Here's to you, Wendy. L'chaim. Thank you for your gift. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters.